DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. The Utah Jazz are back at it tonight. Charlotte's in town. A completely winnable game. Charlotte with 13 wins on the year, 13-41. and 41. They have got one of the four worst records in the NBA. And they moved a couple of guys at the trade deadline, so they don't even know the guys who helped them win the measly 13 games. They have, however, <laughs> won three in a row. Measly. So it doesn't, you know, 13's a measly total. I agree. But they have won three in a row, so that doesn't make any sense either. Uh, so to help us make sense of all of that, Mike Smith joins us. You can see him on TV, Jazz Pre, Half and Post. Mike, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are we doing? Good. We're putting money in your pocket, Mike. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> uh, aren't you involved in some pizza places? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mountain Mike's Pizzas, yeah. PK and I made a, uh, made a run to St. George for a little winter golf. Just a quick two-day trip. 27 holes. Oh, and and you went to the Hurricane store. Exactly. And after after we drove down there after the show and we played nine and there was a jazz game that night, so we bought your pizza, we ate your pizza, and we watched you on TV. Mike, I don't know how much more support you can expect out of us. That That's amazing. No, yeah. that, that store is doing really well. And, oh, we, we, we love our pizza. We think it's done the right way and, you know, cooked with, fresh dough every day and vegetables so hopefully you like it yep all good now now that we've got the pizza business out of the way let's get to the utah jazz and the charlotte hornets and uh when i watch you on tv or when i hear you on the radio you usually come with some stats and where teams uh rank and what they're good at and what they're not and so i know that and it's not just the high profile, you know. Oh, the wars are coming. I'll look up some numbers. You do. I know you're following this stuff. So explain to us how Charlotte, a bad team, makes a couple of deadline trades, saying, "Forget it. We're about the future. We're tearing down what little bit we have here and rebuilding." And yet they had a three-game win streak before the All Star break. That doesn't really make any sense on the surface. Can you make sense of it? Well, as a result of the moves, their bench got a lot deeper. So it's probably the best bench that. Coach Steve Clifford has ever had there in Charlotte, and this is his second go-around. He's a North Carolina guy. I think Michael Jordan liked him initially and liked him a second time, but now the ownership has changed, right? they got two new owners in there, and what they realized was we need to make not just a change. It's a culture change. They, they, They needed to move some pieces and get out of the status quo. So they moved Terry Rozier, they moved Gordon Hayward, they moved P.J. Washington. That's a series of three moves, not unlike what the Jazz have done. In other words, to a lesser degree, the Hornets, uh, I think the last two seasons were just on, like, the brink of being, you know, they were in a play-in game and then immediately removed. And so this new ownership felt like, okay, not only do we need to not be there, we need to start over. And if that means new picks, if that means assets, if that means rebuilding, that's exactly what they're doing as a result of moving those three players. As I said, they got their bench got better. They got Seth Curry, Steph's little brother. They got Grant Williams, and they got some assets. And in addition to that, they created room or opportunity for some of their young studs to really shine. And the one who's really taken off in the last 10 games is this Brandon Miller. He's You know, out of Alabama, he's the second pick in the draft. I think he's averaged like almost 24 a game the last 10. 
And amazingly, I looked at the numbers, just their last three games, which they won, the three having lost the previous 10 and having won only five road games all year. This is a team that was in a dismal way. Their points are up like 10 points a game. Their assists are up like four assists. Their three-point shooting is up. Their field goal percentage these last three games has been 55%. And they're scoring. Whereas they were scoring 110 before and giving up 119, now they're scoring 119. And so they feel like they're in every game. And uh, I think the whole impetus of it all was we need to make a culture change. This is a, a fan base that has loved this team for years and that team's given them very little back. And so I feel like new ownerships are like, okay, we're going to rebuild around this Brandon Miller stud and hopefully LaMelo ball get healthy and we'll go from there, but we need to do something for them. And anyway, that's, that's kind of the gist of what's going on there. It's not that far removed from what we're seeing here in Utah. With that in mind, what we're seeing here in Utah is the trade clearly had a the trades had a negative effect upon the team, and there was some uh, hangover effect. But then they had the nice game against the Warriors, even though they lost, and they've got some winnable games at least record wise as they come out of the break. Uh, how much or what level of importance do you think you is on these next few games in terms of winning to set the tone for the tw- for the final twenty six? Uh, PK, it's a good question. I, I, I think it's been very transparent and very clear what Ryan and Danny and Justin are aiming to do. And so if this has been, you know, talked about on your show, you know, too much, then stop me. But, like, they, they just don't want to skip steps along the way to build this into a champion. And I think Justin made it very clear. We just don't want to be good for a year or two and contend for a minute we want to be good for a while and it's really hard to do it takes luck it takes you know a lot of skill it takes great development then it takes some savvy clever moves so it takes a lot of those things i look back to an okc team who rebuilt this thing or is now contending for a second time that's really hard to do the greatest move that sam presti made is not only trading for paul george but then re-signing paul george because the re-signing of Paul George, getting him to commit to Oklahoma City, allowed him to then move him later for Shea Gilgis and like five picks, right? So those picks are now starting to yield the fruits and benefits of an OKC team, which is arguably first, second, or third best in the West. That's what the Jazz are aiming to do. Golden State also did it, uh, uh, an eight-year run where they win four titles and get a couple other trips to the finals. That's amazing, but they did it mostly through the draft, right? got a little bit lucky with a second-round pick named Draymond Green and got a little bit, you know, Steph and Clay are like the seventh and the 11th picks, but created the best shooting backcourt in the history of the game. Okay, those weren't the first and second picks. So you can do it with mid to high first-round picks. So it takes all that. Now you still got to go do it, right? So I think what the Jazz are doing, they're identifying what we have, Who are keepers? Who are we building around? Who are the foundational pieces of this franchise as we build this thing slowly and surely and without missing steps until we contend? And so the aim right now is to play Taylor Hendricks and to play Keontae George and to see the progress of a Walker Kessler while we already recognize the greatness of a Lowry Market. And we got to find out what we have, what our next steps are. 
all that being said, that's why the trades were made, right? If we can accumulate a couple of assets, create opportunities for these guys to grow and play, that's what we're going to do. But given all that, PK, you're spot on, right? They've lost four in a row. They've, you know, have a great home record at 17 and 10, but have lost the last three. It's time to, it's time to really come out and play. And I think the defense really took a hit when the, those trades were made. So those last games before the deadline, you know, there were different lineups and different trust factors with guys on the court. Fontecchio, although a streaky shooter and hit and miss offensively, was a really good defender, lengthy and, and, and bothered people. And so you move a couple pieces, and there's always going to be a little bit of a downfall. So hopefully a break, some practice, some renewed energy, they come back, get after Charlotte and San Antonio before they hit those three on the road. What should Markinen be adding at this point in his career? Is he a finished product? Is there something more you want to see out of him? What could we expect over the final third of the season? You know, the, a lot of people felt like he was snubbed all-star game, right? Like he was – like he had a, his numbers are fantastic. So very much like the numbers he had a year ago. So last year 25 a game, this year 23 and a half. The rebounds are the same. The assists are the same. The shooting percentages are scarily identical, like, you know, almost 50% from two and 40% from three and 88%. Like, he's super efficient player. The one thing I looked at when I look at all the guys who did get an all-star pick and, and he didn't from the coaches, they all averaged four assists or more, like 3.8 or higher. And Lowry's never been like a gifted passer. Now, that's not a knock on him. It's not a bad thing. It's just kind of his DNA. I, I feel like you're either a, a, a passer who sees those angles or you aren't. You can get better within the realm, but it's, it's rare. Like a guy six years into his career has never averaged two assists. All of a sudden, hey, go be a four or five assist guy. That won't happen. So, like, if you were nitpicking, you'd say, okay, Lowry needs to do that. But I just don't think that's – part of him and it doesn't even matter to me if I'm running this team I wouldn't you know given be giving Lowry instructions to become a great passer um I think he's great I I I don't know what he needs to work on maybe maybe a little more of a post-up game and the Jazz are starting to implement that a little bit like you'll see him run this little middle screen and roll where with a point guard Lowry will come set this pick and oftentimes he slips it and jumps to the three and he's developed a beautiful chemistry with Keontae to just catch and shoot. And he's like number one or number two in the league in catch and shoot points per game. That's how quick he gets rid of it and how uh, much of a threat he is. But oftentimes he'll set the pick and then he'll just curl or roll. And he doesn't roll to the rim. He just rolls to the foul line. Now he's got the guard on him. They throw the ball to him. That right there, I think, can become his bread and butter. Like he's seven foot tall. Right now, I view him as like the most unique small forward seven-footer we've ever had. Like, he's way different than Dirk, right? Lowry's about to hit 200 threes again for the second year in a row. Dirk never made more than 151 in one season. So when we make those comparables, everyone's like, wait, wait, you know, Dirk was a seven-footer who shot. Yeah, Uh, Dirk was a power forward who could step out and shoot the occasional three. 151 is the most he made this season. Lowry made 200 last year on pace for another 200. But I would love to see him just, like, become this guy where you could, you know, get a mismatch, switch in the post, 
and he's got an array of post moves that all of a sudden you're like, wow, this guy is unguardable. So for what it's worth, that's, that's kind of what comes to mind. You talk about foundation pieces and how this uh, last portion of the next two months is a form of discovery, and I buy all that. With that in mind, what type of piece do they have in Sexton? He's unique, right? He's, he's different. Okay, so he's a guy who's never averaged four assists in a game, right? His first three years in the league, he comes to the Jazz, you look at his numbers, he's a 20-point-a-game career-scoring average guy. I think there's only 64 guys in league history that have 20 points a game or higher. Now, last year he averaged 14-3. This year he's up to 17-8, right? So it's dropped a tick below 20. So he is a score first um, and a physical guard. There's a place for Colin. There's a place for Colin going forward on this team. He he plays with incredible intensity and energy. It's oftentimes game-changing energy. So you could be down and he could force an eight-second call or he could, you know, get you four buckets in a row. And His energy is infectious, so I love that about him. Now, given the assist thing that I just went through with Lowry, here's a guy who has not been a natural passing point guard like uh, anybody. A Rubio, Keontae's a little bit built that way. I'm just trying to think of jazz history. Stockton, of course, the, the best of the best. But he's taken his assists from three. Now you look at his starts, which are like 29, I think, or 30. It's, it's like five. It's over five. So this is a guy who is capable of learning and adapting and adjusting. And when given the charge or being held accountable by a, a young, fiery coach, can, can alter habits. I like that. So I, I don't think we've seen the best of him. Like, you look at his starts, it's either 29 or 30. And if it's 30, I think we're 19 and 11, something like that in his starts. But his numbers are 21 a game and five assists, and the shooting percentages are almost 50, 40, and 85. Like, that's – you'd take those numbers from any starting guard. So I like him. Um. His contract is is not exorbitant. It's not huge. And I think it's this year and I don't know if it's two more or this year and the next year, but not even not even suggesting that you move him. He he could be one of your foundational pieces given his age and given his ability to adapt, learn and grow. So what you're saying on marketing's passing is he's no Ali Khalifa? <laughs> yeah, that guy was pretty good on Saturday. Tuesday uh, or Tuesday night, sorry, against <laughs> Baylor, right? Made three threes in a row, and he just, uh, yeah, I give him a lot of credit. And what I really like is Mark Pope's system, the the intricacy of these cuts and these moves. Had Baylor so so perplexed in the second half, they're getting layups in the half court because all this movement and backdoors and circular cuts. I I took, I coached these little sixth graders, and then I coached ninth graders, so I got three teams, and I've taken two of the plays. Like this, like cut off a clip off of YouTube and said, "Okay, I'm going to give that to my guys." And anyway, it's 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 some really cool stuff, and BYU's been surprising, at least in the Big Twelve, right? Like 
I don't know that we thought that. I thought maybe nine and nine would be their best. They got a chance to do better than that. Given the last couple of years in the WCC, there was really no way to predict they would do this in the Mountain West. But, or excuse me, in the uh, Big 12. I'm going backwards. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason to think they do it in the Big 12, and yet here they are. And uh, there have been a lot of good tests, and they've passed a bunch of them. So, well, you know Mike, what's great is they, wanna... they, don't have, they don't have like an amazing player. Like that, that maybe is the greatest part of this, this story this year. I know 12 and one before they get to the season. And, but you look at them and you say, there's not one guy who's great, right? They're all good and they all defend, they all pass, they all shoot. It's really a, the beauty of teamwork. Well, Mike, we will continue to eat your pizza. I watch you on TV. I don't think you're eating your pizza. You're staying skinny. What are you doing? You're clearly passing on the pizza I was throwing down. There's a reason I'm not a skinny oh. guy, and it's all that pizza. Oh gosh, I don't know. I I, I drink uh, I drink a product called Cardio Miracle, which improves every bodily function. I think that's one thing. I I, I drink that at night instead of like munching on ice cream, and then. And what really helps me, because I'm almost 60, that's no fun, but I'm almost 60, and I still want to compete at golf at a high level. And But I go see a guy named Craig Bueller. He's the guy that kept Stockton and Hornacek and Malone healthy all those years. And his Bueller Athletic is all about muscle activation. So all of us in our age range, DJ, I know PK loves to golf. I love to golf and stay active and play pickleball. If you're not seeing somebody regularly who can just fine tune whatever muscles aren't firing that particular week, you could get a little off and a little off becomes way off in a month. And then like in two months, the body is so smart. You got other muscles compensating to do the jobs they're not supposed to do. And then you get a little, I don't know, you just get a little ski wampus. And so I go see him. He keeps me, he keeps me going great. That's about it. That's all I do. I don't. I don't have any bad habits. So there. Ski Wampus is that S K I W or is that S K E E W? I was. I got to look that up during the break. That gave me something to do. All right. Thank you. No thank you, Mike. We appreciate it. Okay, boys. Have a great one. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz analyst. You will see him on TV for Jazz games before halftime and then after in the post game show. Thought you might want to talk to him about. Bruce. Oh yeah, I forgot. That. Fetch, why didn't well, you tell me? Yeah, he's going to be on again. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Mike comes on semi-regularly. Yeah. I was just caught up in the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only so many jokes. You know, timing is everything. Right, right, right. And, and the and the Ali Khalifa, because I did think you were going to say freeze it, but I thought, no, it's better to go with that because that was more topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That won't be funny right. in a month. Right, exactly. So, DJ and PK, it is 97.5 The Zone. Freeze it when we come back. Everything you missed in this show, three and a half hours worth of football and basketball. And that is because if you missed it, this guy, I mean, it sounds good, but it isn't going to last. There's no way it isn't going to work. He's up against too much, but um, he's saying all the right things anyway. That's next. Stay with us. Accessing. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. Mark Harlan, athletic director at the University of Utah. I would have bet that the Big 12 would have had you and BYU playing the final weekend of the season. They've got you playing on November 9th. Is that something that you guys liked or preferred? Don't ever want to speak for Tom, but where I was on it was that I wasn't wedded to it, and I want to maximize it for television because the Holy War deserves it. So I just told the Big 12, and obviously Tom was in agreement, that let's just put it at a place that's great. 
you know, we're aspirational to be in Dallas for that championship game. I'm sure BYU is too. And, uh, you know, maybe playing that rivalry game quickly was in my mind. But at the end of the day, if they put it there, we would have said, let's go. But I think, you know, what we said was we're not wedded to that. And folks were maybe for that or against that in the community. But, you know, I think it's just a few weeks before that now, right where it fell. And I imagine it'll be a real primetime type telecast. Catch Hanson Scotty weekdays from noon to 3 on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So, so, so. Why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like why, why are you not following follow the Bears? This and that. Like, I still mess with the Bears. This and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm following the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with them. That's Bears quarterback Justin Fields right there. It is time for the 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines. Brought to you by Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. Find your new Mazda at the south end of the valley at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. That's Tim Daly Mazda Southtown in Sandy. Justin Fields went on to say that basically he unfollowed the Bears and the NFL because he finds the whole thing about his future exhausting. He just wants it resolved and done. The Bears will do what they'll do. They'll trade him or they won't. He doesn't have control over that. He basically just wants to get past this time where it's in limbo until it's done. And well, they've got playing. the top pick, and Caleb Williams is out there, right? right? And so do you go with Caleb Williams? Is he a generational player? Um, remains to be seen, and I don't care how good he was in college, and he was good and all that stuff, no doubt about it. Uh, I would say that I understand the Bears might want to trade him if they take Williams, but if I'm another team out there who needs a quarterback, and, it, and I think the price is right, I think Justin Fields can develop. I think I've seen enough of him to think that there's something there. I saw enough of him in college, and I've seen enough of him at the NFL level to think that in the right situation, you can win with him. I don't think his book is done written and he's a bust or he's a backup. I want to see him still develop because I think there's an opportunity there. Now, the Caleb Williams thing in Yach um, – we need to get uh, what's-his-face on, Hodge, because he went after uh, Williams and said he's not that. And then they played the thing, and Hodge just comes into a room like, I'm the most confident person in this room, and you need to shut up. Are yeah. you referring to Merrill Hodge here? Merrill Hodge, yes. Not yes. Bo, yeah. Okay. I mean, well, this is the only Hodge I know. And <laughs> okay, but usually in first reference, you say somebody's first name, and that's who I thought you were okay. talking yeah, about. But Hodge. Uh, yeah, the, the, he was the former, former commentator. Former but, Steeler, former ESPN commentator. And he's, right. his opinions are so strong, and then everybody plays the, I've seen the clip where he says, Johnny Manziel. He's going to be a bust. He's not very, he sucks. <laughs> and then he also had, uh, who did he have um, over uh, Clowney? It was another um, uh, defensive end type player. He said, that guy's going to be way better. So the, you, he's got a track record. He's gone uh, against the grain and been right. Yeah, and then he plays, and then he's talking with, uh, uh, what's his face, Bayless, who thinks, and then he says that, with all due respect, sir, Manziel is going to be this and that, and obviously he sucked. He was a bust. He wanted to party. He wasn't, I don't know, even if he didn't want to party, if he was good enough. I never thought he was. I thought he was a college quarterback the way he ran around. The NFL wants guys who drop back. Everything's perfectly timed. You plant the back foot, you throw the ball. Okay, Johnny Johnny football didn't do do it. What does Caleb Caleb Williams do? Caleb runs around. So what do you got there? Yeah, I get why. But Lamar Jackson is not a pure drop back pocket dude. 100%. And he's he's the MVP, deservedly so. 
So what do you got there? It's an interesting well, I situation think, I for think, the Bears. I think you're right about the Bears, also because they're going to have to pay big money. Now, the teams who don't have anybody and who don't have access to anybody, I think you're right that trading for fields is a decent bet. And I get some teams won't want to do it, but because at least 10 and probably closer to 15 teams need a long-term answer at quarterback, whether it's Atlanta, whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's uh, the Jets or the Giants or the Raiders. I mean, you run through a whole list of teams, maybe the Seahawks. You run through a whole list of teams that might be interested. Kansas City? The Bears? Nope. The Bears can (laughs) find somebody to trade with. And then if they don't think Caleb's a guy, well, then go with May. I mean, there's supposed to be a whole bunch of quarterbacks well, who might be great. Why wouldn't you stay with Fields and let him develop? Because you think the other guys if have a better th- chance of hitting no, you big need to know. and they're less expensive. Well, it's, it's quarterback thinking at this uh, level. But I don't think you get to know. They I mean, have you to. You can say you know, but you you know, NFL GMs don't know. They better know. <laughs> well, the num- they miss all the, the time, so with, they don't. With, with the number one pick, better know. You're right. You better. I agree with that. Because if you take Jamarcus Russell and it blows up, it's going to cost you your career. So you better know. That's what I'm saying. But the fact is, I don't believe they do. I think, I'm pretty sure he's the guy, and i got to pick somebody, so I'm going with this guy. Man, I hope it works out. I think there's a lot of that going on. Is Williams a slam dunk great quarterback? No, he's not. Not a slam dunk great quarterback. last year we thought he was, not this past season, but the year before. If he would have come out, he would have been the number one pick. Absolutely. Both and he still, years, and he couldn't and come out last year. He still may be the number one pick. No, but if he could come out last year, right. he would have been slam dunk number one. Yeah. I don't think it's a slam dunk now, but Ooh. I still think he can end up number one. I still think he's going to go number one. Right, but it's not a slam dunk. Uh, I can I, even it, say the odds okay. are there, but it's not 100%. It's a lay-in off the glass. Okay, but not a slam dunk. <laughs> it put This <laughs> year put some two. doubt. This year put some doubt in some people's minds. Not enough to be removed from number one. That may well be. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I still think it's unless there 60, was some 40, type of 70, trade 30. involved, and you traded it to a team that uh, didn't already has a quarterback, but they wanted yeah, somebody. They wanted happen. Harrison Jr. I know, right. but whatever. I mean, I agree. It won't happen. Uh, but that's other than that, he's going number one, and then we'll see how it plays out. And they got Raider coach Jay Antonio Pierce saying the team's embracing their inner bad boy Detroit Pistons when they face Patrick Mahomes moving forward. He said, we got the Jordan rules, and what I'm calling them now for as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Okay, you can talk about stopping the Chiefs and blah, blah, blah. But if someone's going to stop the Chiefs in that division, and I think they've won the division, is it a decade straight yet, Yak? It's getting close. Is it eight or nine, ten? And look it up. I want to say eight. Eight. Well, nothing's going to start them. It's going to be boredom or injury. But if one of the other three teams gets better, it's not going to be the Raiders. It's going to be Harbaugh. It's going to be Harbaugh turning the charges. Well, around. I mean, Har- uh, what's his face? Herbert is a good start, right? I think if I'm Mahomes and Andy Reid, no less than a forty point beatdown both times. <laughs> just, just blow them out. Yes. Don't talk well, like that. They Do were not talk about hurting our guy. Yeah, they yeah. were already upset. They remember the Raiders took like, that yeah. victory lap around Kansas City yeah. when they won that so game. So you there. just, yeah. you just. I mean, just Andy Reid, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes—they're already massive heroes in Kansas City. But there's nothing you can do wrong in Kansas City by piling on the Raiders. That's just—I I don't know. But I, mean, I don't know how much more beloved they could be in that area. If but. you have a chance to score late to go up by thirty, do it, and then point at the, that. That's for you. Yeah, big mouth. <laughs> I don't think this Pierce thing is going to work. Now, granted, I hate the guy. It's Arizona State. You, yeah. got a, you got a bad vibe after the way things ended for your Sun Devils in the previous regime. Well, they only put them in the worst position they've been in. And he was in right in the middle years. of it. Yeah. yeah. 
So what do you expect me to do? Embrace him? Nope. No. Nope. I don't hate him as much as Herm. <laughs> Herm's Herm, Herm is peak enemy number one. Because mm-hmm. he hired him. He's, it up, goes there, he's up there lying about Brock Purdy. No, there's no need for that. And Especially then his high school coach comes out and it's like, no. He wasn't recruited. <laughs> you didn't recruit him. You offer him like a walk-on late or something. Coming come late with your preferred walk-on. And he would have gone. That's why I don't root against him. A lot of those kids who spurn us, I root against them. But not him. If you, if you didn't get offered, it's on them. It's not on you. Uh, one more football thing. Uh, the college football approved the 5 plus 7 format, and they're going to have a 12-game playoff in 24 and 25, which is very interesting, and we will get to that. But in 26, they're already working on a 14-team playoff. Why does that make you laugh? And, that uh, seems like a no-brainer. Stuart Mandel, in case you missed it, college football playoff commissioners are considering mucking up a good thing before the good thing even starts. Three years of backstabbing and money-grabbing will do that. I disagree completely. <laughs> well, well I, you don't completely I, disagree. How is it not improving a good thing? I, I think it's the SEC and the Big Ten thinking, what are we giving you guys buys for now? Why don't so you go, what? You go out there, they, you go out there and play more games and make us more money, and, and great. Let's we'll get, still keep buys for our teams because our teams are going to be one and two. Yeah, well, and if they should be three and four, so be it. <laughs> they won't be. The whole thing is just so so fixed to help them. It's just. Uh, I mean, how's that? How's that ever changed? How's that any different? Why is it such a good thing? It wasn't a good thing before, but now it's a good thing. It's always been that they. The reason why their advantage is is because they spare no expense. Go win at all costs, and you'll probably win. Yep. <laughs> and have it be the most important thing in your life and in your community. Sorry, Anthony Rendon. That actually comes first. That leads to the win at all costs thing. Well, it all it becomes, ties together. It, it does. It does all tie together. Yeah, I mean, but in, but in look Columbus, at the NFL draft, where are the players coming from in the majority? In Columbus, from those places in Columbus and Tuscaloosa, they yeah. are living and dying with the stuff. So why do you scoff at it as if it's so cynical? I think it's hilarious. You get what you pay for. Yeah. And they're they're winning at all costs, and they're uh, I've been to both those places. The facilities are off the charts, and blah 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 blah. All right, okay. You don't think it's funny to see them getting called out for backstabbing and money grabbing when they're the ones who have been up there saying student athletes and irritating you? When hasn't it same. been this way? That's my point. Yeah. Stewart is acting like it's something brand new. When hasn't it been this way? I've been eyeball deep in this, not so much more, but in the before in my prior years right. as a in the beat 90s, guy in the nineties and two thousands, and even before when you were traveling and yeah. uh, sitting next to players and hearing stories about don't bring your books on the road. This is yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that I, I, I say stuff negative about their programs. Maybe 10% of what I know and what I've heard. All the stuff that I've that I've heard over the years. And people know when they tell me it goes nowhere. So they trust me. And there you go. And But I don't, I don't see Mandel's point. How different is it than it was? It's always been like that. But changing the system before the the system even starts? I look at it improving the system. Why, if you know it's going to expire 
in two years. Mm-hmm. Why wait? Why not start well, trying to know, get better how, now? How will you know that that? How do you know that that's better? Do you really think teams thirteen and fourteen are going to hang, or are they going to be more blowouts? I get your point because you're leading me on there. But uh, yeah, sure. But if it makes more money, it is going to make more money. Then who that's cares? It. It's about that's, everything that's is money driven. And they want more money. They've got Why more teams in the Washington's league. Washington's tennis team going to friggin' Rutgers because they're because married. The football team makes money. They're married to an old idea that all the teams need to be in the same league with all the other teams yeah, on Kelly campus. Kelly said it. Seattle yeah. to Piscataway. Let's go. I've made Every that league's trip. doing it now. Yeah, I mean we can we can we can bag on the Big Ten, but it's going to be. Of course, Phoenix to Orlando is going to be the Big Twelve, and the ACC is going to be. Uh, San Francisco to Boston. And At least there, they'll get reasonable rates because warm to warm in the winter is not as more as expensive as cold to warm. Think about that. That's less supply and demand, right? Yeah. <laughs> the whole supply and demand thing. Chip Kelly, what he said was right. Yep. Now he's off to Ohio State to join the Evil Empire. Right, and I hope they suck. We talked a lot of jazz this morning. Twenty-six games to go. Players to improve. Do they want to keep the draft pick? Where they have the ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth worst record? Where's this going to end up? Twenty-six games. That's the distance in miles from San Pedro to Catalina. Isn't that ironic? I did not know that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I haven't even looked that up. Twenty-six miles across the sea. All right, Catalina is. is waiting for you and me. I've never been to Catalina. Well, All it's an years. island out there. I know. I know that, yes. Oh, yeah. All those years go. in Southern California, I'll I never went. We'll drive over there. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, your feedback next. And a lot of it is about the jazz and what you expect in these last two months. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. It's time for your feedback. The All-Star break is over. What do you expect from the Utah Jazz the rest of the way? The dog saying, well, I'm just hoping next year we play hard again, only to be disassembled at the trade deadline. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of fans just not happy with that at all. No, I think Yach played Black Eyed Peas tonight. It's going to be a good night on purpose because it's game night. I know what he's doing over there. Let's leave it up. Let's see. It is Lori Marketing. I am tonight. That's what we got going. Cheese Fry says, I'm not expecting anything from the Utah Jazz, so I'll be watching the running youths basketball. Uh, the women play tonight against UC Los Angeles on prime time, 7.30 our time, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Big time. That is great exposure for the, for the women. Good for them, man. They've had enough games regionalized on the Pac-12 network this year. It's about time they got one of these. Oh, yeah, and then they'll have an away game that against Washington that's only available on the Pacific thing. Yeah. What the crap? I know, and it's happened multiple <laughs> times this year. For those of us trying to get highlights, we were sitting at a jazz game, multiple people from multiple stations yeah. all talking okay, about but you're, the yeah. Pac-12 network but and how much But for those of us suck. who don't have an agenda that involves money and just want to watch the game, for those of us getting highlights so I can make money work, look at you. I see your motivation. My motivation is pure I want to see. How do you say Inez's name again? <laughs> I'm not telling you now after that rant. Well, it's figure, true. No, you're in it. Why don't you figure it out? You know, you were sitting right there. You heard her. Team playing's over. I'm not going to take all this abuse and then provide you with pronunciations of Anish Vieta's name. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, huh? Because <laughs> she's got a good personality, as Big most time. 
women college athletes do, my experience. Yeah. Much, by and large, we're just speaking generally here, but they tend to be way better interviews. Now, that's that's a rough generalization, but that's covering women's sports at a high level. I've covered professional sports. I've covered college sports. I've covered high school sports. And it seems like they're... They just have they, – they, they do better interviews, and she was a great interview. And so, yeah, I'm going to be watching that tonight. I'm going to be flicking back and forth, but I'm going to be watching it. The Utah women have captivated, captivated me the last couple of years. Number 18, Utah. Number 12, UCLA. Utah going for their 20th win. UCLA's already got 20. And they're both playing for seeding the tournament And then tournament they got the SC, point. and this Watkins gal is one heck of a player. They follow up one big game with another big game with another big game because they just beat Colorado, Colorado who was top 10. Usually was top 10. They lost a game and dropped to 12. Well, that's because the conference is it's so stinking tough. Is Half the conference has been ranked this year. It's literally six out of 12 teams week after week. And they're all going to be seeded uh, to win a game, and it wouldn't be surprised if four or five of them are in the Sweet 16. Wouldn't be surprising at all. That's 7.30 on ESPN tonight, so if you're looking for something to – Flip back and forth during the Jazz game. There you go. Got a couple options tonight. Jazz, 7 o'clock. <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect from the Jazz the rest of the way? You tough football gym. I just need them to win by 10-plus points tonight, David. Uh-oh. <laughs> Somebody's got a few quit on the game. Yeah, I would never do that. <laughs> that. That would just make me too nervous. I couldn't enjoy the game. But... That's why I love going to the sports books and, and watching. watching people suffer and celebrate. Yeah, it's fun. All right, DJ and PK. Mehmet O'Kerr coming up. Mehmet O'Kerr My with guy. Jake and Ben. I've golfed with them. Yeah, but we don't get to talk to him because Mehmet doesn't get up that early in the morning. <laughs> He's just getting rolling now. He'll talk with Jake and Ben next. Stick around right here on The Zone.